I'm Laura Zach. And I'm Brittany Ashley. And this is Sicker Sadder World. A podcast where we rewatch episodes of Daria and relate it to our current world. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, we're doing a morning record today. Usually we do an evening, so it's more of like hopped up on coffee rather than beer. Right. And we've been uh, raging against the machine this morning on Twitter. <sighs> I really want to support all female filmmakers you know like it's so difficult to get things made it's so difficult to work up the ladder but if you care about representation as a whole you also need to care about accurate lgbt representation and it's just a real bummer when you feel like you can't support something right when you when you witness straight female filmmakers including lesbian characters just to have the diversity or to to like oh it's a quirky different sort of take right different hot take but then there's no authenticity behind the story they're telling because if you would have asked any lesbian literally just one they probably would have told you hey dude maybe don't yeah maybe don't have your story be about a lesbian couple where one of the women has never come. And they're about to get married in a couple days. Like, I, I um, am thinking of how Jen Richards recorded that video that went viral where she really broke down, broke, broke down the argument and explained why it's problematic to have cisgender actors play trans roles. Right. And I almost feel like we should do the equivalent video mm-hmm. where we just break down every point of why it's important to have queer writers if you're going to tell stories about queer people and ideally queer actors right and and as we were talking before we started recording this feels like it could potentially be it could potentially be a finite time where this where i would feel more strongly about this because right now we're in a place where there is such a dearth of representation that there, that every single example gets such a, a magnifying glass put on it. Right. Whereas if we lived in even a slightly more ideal in the future and even a slightly more idealized version of this world where there is more balance in the representation, then I may have less of an issue with a straight person telling a story about a lesbian who can't come with her partner. Right. Because it's also because you because there's the the <laughs> she's melting the pressure to make a okay so every single time i write a queer story i put myself under a magnifying glass because i want to get it right because as a marginalized creator you really do have a responsibility to your community so if you're not in that community and you don't have that lived experience do you still feel that same responsibility because there's so many like shitty inaccurate stories out there that it makes me think no like it makes me think that they think they're doing a good thing by just adding in a lesbian couple or adding in you know a queer character they think that they're doing a good thing but it's not a good thing if it's adding to shitty representation and specific and shitty stereotypes it's just disappointing and it fuels that like you know like you had been talking about any dude that watches that trailer is gonna feel like yeah, exactly. Like women can't get what they want sexually from yeah. other women. Right. You're always going to be unsatisfied as a lesbian sexually. Mm-hmm. So basically what we're saying is 
It's been a great morning. Do better straight women who are trying to be representative. La 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 la. La 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 la. This is my style. Got to get up. Or I might Excuse me. Excuse me. So the reason we talked about this is because similar to Jake Morgendorfer, I too popped a blood vessel. She did. I watched it happen. And I went, Gah! <laughs> So that's where this fits in. Because in this episode, it starts because the, the catalyst is because Jake has very high levels of stress. Mostly around money. Three women in his life come parading through the house saying that they need money for something. And he progressively gets more and more upset until finally Daria comes in saying that she read that Congress spent, you know, some exorbitant amount of money on the military. And he freaked out thinking like, $250 million? What do I look like? So Helen is concerned about Jake's stress and she suggests that they go camping. Which I've... Camping is very stressful, no? Well, maybe for you, but Helen implies that it's something that she and Jake used to do a lot. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it does flash back to their more, you know, hippie days. I feel like it was their post-college, post-college pre-career right. era when they were super hippie and they were anti-capitalist. You know what it made me think about? What's that quote about how everyone's a Democrat until they get older or like everyone's a liberal until they get older and they have to worry about money it's that bullshit of if you're a republican before 30 you don't have a heart if you're Mm. a democrat after 30 you don't have a brain yeah well yeah and especially with today's landscape of i think that the gop is further and further straying from any sort of association with intelligence or (laughs) especially of an intellectual or academic nature and and certainly further way further away from compassion (laughs) truth burn (laughs) sick burn yeah um speaking speaking of republicans i went to my 15th high school reunion oh my god yeah we didn't hear about this we didn't. And, and we as an I. Yeah, or, or the the royal we. No, we did not. Um it was it was fun. It was really nice to, I mean there was probably a third of my graduating class there, maybe a little bit less than that. And there was one person there who I thought for sure I would have nothing in common with because and it's this woman who um was from Texas and I had heard that she had worked on the Ted Cruz campaign. Yeah. And um, so so basically there were like these late night events after the official events where you'd be assigned to a specific bar, depending on your graduating class. So we were at Margarita's, which is this like shitty Mexican restaurant in small town, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And she sounds stopped. great to me. 
Yeah, but the thing is, I got there 45 minutes earlier than anyone else did. So uh, I got the party started. So it was already one like overly sweet, pre-mixed margarita deep before sure. anyone got there. And she's the one who sidled up next to me and started chatting. And we were having a delightful conversation. But I learned a lot. I learned um, that she's working in some sort of private equity, whatever that means. And also... I Sounds learned- exclusive. And I also learned that she and her mom also run this um, like hunting and fishing outfit where they will take clients, paying clients, up into helicopters so that they can hunt wild boar from the sky with AK-47s. <sighs> it was one of those real like, oh, how our paths have diverged moments. But we were having a great conversation. Would Okay, so with an AK-47, isn't that... Like many shot, like machine gun style. I believe so. Yeah. So you want to kill a pig with a machine gun in hopes to eat it, or just for pleasure? I'm unclear. I believe that eating it is still an option, even if it's covered in like twelve bullets. I guess you just remove the parts of the meat that don't that have the bullet in it. How is that? How is that? Ugh. Listen, how is that? I feel on the verge of, like, defending my new best friend. (laughs) No, but it was one of those moments where it's like, how about you, Laura? Oh, what have you been up to? Well, created an Emmy-nominated series about queer and trans women. Um, You know. Similar but different. Yeah. (laughs) Really just um, shooting down the patriarchy with an AK-47. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, Because men are pigs, right? (laughs) Am I right? Am I right? Um, And then, but it was cool, too, because there's this... Uh, this guy I graduated with who is gay and he had been really quiet in college and he was so extroverted and fabulous. And there, there was this um, thing they held in our school church called the open mic and meditation for our class where everyone was invited to get up to the mic and share memories or reflections. And at first I thought it was going to be crickets. Like who's going to get up and say anything, but people wanted to share. Lots of people wanted to share. And he got up there and was like, you may not remember me. I was very quiet, but I just wanted to say that my life is lit. Just live your life. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And it was great. So yeah, it was, it was overall uh, very interesting. I mean, there's more to share, but not, I mean, too much to share for this particular. No, I did not sleep with anyone. That that was your question. It was. (laughs) I actually can't go to my 10-year high school reunion because, weirdly enough, the only plan that I have in October is my friend's wedding. Oh, right. That's in in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, So I can't go. It's like quite literally at the exact same time as the reunion. Wow. But I think that's a sign. Yeah, no, there's there's no rush. And there's always the 20 and 25, which feel like bigger deals anyway. I think my eyebrows will be even better then. Totally, totally. Um, and also, I saw one of my really good friends from high school who we aren't really in touch anymore, but not for any bad reasons. It was just you know, whenever we see each other, we're really excited to see each other. And she married her high school sweetheart, who uh, he actually confessed that he had a crush on her in my presence when we were 16 and they've been together since then. And while we were at Margarita's, she told me that she was pregnant with her third child and that she hadn't told anyone yet. 
So, oh. it, you know, it was two examples of, oh, how our paths had di- diverged. I was like, oh, that's so, so interesting. I'm working on my, like, third heartbreak in that amount of time. <laughs> like, what's happening? Why are queer people so much less into commitment? Anyway, um, I think that queer women do commit. I just think that people, the time that people come out varies so much across the board. And I think that when I came out, which was 10 years ago, I feel like I immediately felt like I was 10 years old again when it came to crushes. Absolutely. And I feel like I had to like build up maturity again. Totally. And so to find another woman where you're on the same page of maturity feels hard at sometimes when... Maturity and or being you know, being ready for the same thing or wanting the same thing. Right. Especially because when you first come out, all you want to, well, I mean, sometimes this isn't everyone's experience, but I think you're just so enamored with the world where you will literally just take the first thing, you know, you know, like you'll accept the first offering offering because you're just so excited to explore it and you've been waiting so long for this to happen. And so for you and another woman to be on the same page of like, okay, we've already had enough of these other experiences we're ready to build a life together. I think it it just takes a little bit longer because you're starting at years and years of being disadvantaged. Right. And I'm I'm really excited for queer young people these days. I mean, on the one hand, it's still really fucking hard to be a queer person, especially under Trump and especially in certain areas of the country. Um, but when you are, I mean, women who are in their, I would say, late 20s through late 20s and up, just late 20s through 50s, 60s. It's going to be rare to find one who, I don't know, everyone's just got a lot of baggage. And it's beyond the baggage of, like, just having baggage of normal life grief and suffering and normal heartbreak Mm -hmm. is what straight people have. With gay people, it's all of those things, plus whatever they've gone through in coming out, whatever they've gone through with their family, if they're, especially if they're visibly queer or non-normative in any way, you know, the struggles that they've gone through there. And not to say, I mean, I think that the strength that comes from overcoming those things and living through those things can be really beautiful and can lead to a really wise, amazing person. But it's just going to, you know, it's just hard to find someone who has, whose own shit works with your shit. Right. Yeah. And I think that especially being women, there's the whole level of external factors like not being taken seriously or men objectifying you. Like there's so many external factors that you really need to have strength as a couple to get through. Like I can't tell you the amount of times that in public spaces men have ruined my dates because they've thought that we were invented literally for them. Mm Mm-hmm. And have just completely ruined any moment that I even had. Right. And that moment where you're faced with the option of clarifying that you are on a date, but then having to take into account, okay, is this safe for me to reveal that? Is that, is that going to escalate in a negative way or escalate in any way? Right. Um, and then feeling like maybe you can't show affection in a lot of places too. Like you just really lose out on a lot of things that, heterosexual couples generally don't have to deal with but back to daria i mean i guess we i mean the jane and trent lane are going to a family reunion so maybe that's how we got to the high school reunion that's definitely we we just anticipated the future but back to 
the episode. So basically, there's two stories going on, and they both deal with family. Where the Morgendorfers are going on a camping trip to try to de-stress Jake and think of a more simpler time, whereas the Lanes are going to a family reunion, which feels very, very stressful to both of them. And I have... the parents, the Lane parents, are just sending Jane and Trent as their ambassadors because apparently their family unit unit is the black are the black sheep of the greater family. The, I think this is the first time that we see Jane fully with her own B story. Yeah, I think it is as well. And we also see the major similarities between Jane and Trent in terms of style sunglasses and just their general apathy towards the rest of their family are family reunions like a thing for a lot of people i went to one when i was super little like 10 but have not heard word of another one again i've never been to one i don't think we've ever had one and now with facebook it's like what's the point because if you know who a lot of these relatives are for the most part you probably don't even want to see them exactly when jane and trent are on the plane heading to the reunion she wants to make a plan with him to avoid getting too honest because apparently trent seems to have a penchant for being a little bit too blunt and the implication is that there's a lot about these people they're about to see that is worthy of criticism and by way of example he starts describing someone named aunt Beatrice who wears these crazy hats and he's saying all these unflattering things about her and then again great camera work pan out to reveal (laughs) that there's a an older woman with a crazy straw hat sitting right next to them and it's Aunt Beatrice and she's overhearing what they're saying so they've already burned a bridge by the way I usually say aunt not aunt and I found myself saying aunt I say aunt I know you do I Mm. feel like I was adjusting my own behavior to match your expectations well, thank you. I'd like people to adapt themselves for me. Same. It's like Darwinism, but for me specifically. I think that's how most people move through the world, expecting that to happen. And and most of our disappointment is grappling with not being the focal point in that way. Like when you're a child, like realizing that not everyone cares about you the way your parents do. Yeah. It's shocking. It shooketh. It really is. I was picturing like, young me the first time an adult doesn't pay attention to me being like i am shooketh (laughs) what is this (sighs) so what fashion update when they're camping quinn has a different outfit on and she put her hair in a ponytail basically everyone changed their outfits except for daria who's going camping in her regular outfit she has her skirt on Which also, I feel like knowing Daria as a person, she doesn't really strike me as like a skirt person. So I feel like she really revolutionized. Knowing her personally? Yeah. So I feel like she really revolutionized what a skirt person could be like. Yeah, that's true. I, It's true. I think of Daria as being really agender, actually. Mm-hmm. Like I think of her wearing, when I think of her wearing a skirt, it's like a dude in a kilt kind of thing. Yeah. She shows a lot of leg. Yeah. So on the camping trip, they're all telling scary stories. And we start to see that Jake and his dad have had issues like like Jake has, you know, like 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 some men has major daddy issues. And like some women have major daddy issues. Some people. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) 
But I think you know I'm all about you know gendering things about men when when applicable. But I'm gonna have to keep us honest when it could be universal. That's true. But I feel like men they have when they have issues with their dad, it has a lot to do with masculinity and how they can show their masculinity. Whereas with women having daddy issues, it's a whole difference, different in terms of symptoms. Okay, does that make I sense? See. I see. Because I think that's how it affected. Jake because Jake is a more sensitive male and I think his issues with his father have brought that out of him where he felt like he couldn't show his emotions right and I think that's why he's developed these anger issues where he represses all emotion until it forces itself out of him in these outbursts right however typically with women who have issues with their father it it doesn't manifest that way right I mean I guess it could I mean, who knows? I feel like I have I have one friend I can think of off the top of my head who whose father saw her as his intellectual equal who he could sort of groom as like he didn't really have much respect for his wife and especially his wife's intellect and saw her as a version of himself and so kind of did a similar projection thing that I've seen kind of modeled more often with fathers and sons. And um, she's not terribly emotionally connected. So I think it can happen in all sorts of ways. But I think that you're correct that this is sort of a more standard um, expression of, of dysfunction in that relationship. And it sounds like Jake's dad was alcoholic, neglectful. And he said something about why couldn't he just love me for who I was? And he was a bedwetter. Yeah. <laughs> just sounds like poor guy needed some more love. Yeah, and it is it is also interesting to connect it to the marriage that he's in where he is the more um, emasculated one because Helen takes on characteristics of a, the more dominant figure in their marriage. Right. And, but so I think but I think Jake is more comfortable in that position. Yeah, I think so too. And then we have Jane and Trent arriving to the reunion and they had to walk from the airport because there it's some bodunk little town called called Slotestown. Oh, but did you know why they had to walk? Yeah, because Aunt Beatrice rented a car and they thought maybe she'd give them a ride and she right. just tore right past them. She was them. like, eat dust, nerds. Exactly. And they, they almost bail right before someone opens the door and then this woman opens and is immediately expressing disappointment at the way they look. Right. Yeah, what is it with, like, back then, older people kind of being disappointed and people taking on more alternative looks? And I was a bridesmaid in my cousin's wedding, and an older woman on the other side of the family came up to me during the ceremony, and one of the other, the maid of honor, had a lot of visible tattoos, but I had none at the time, even though I still had, like, six tattoos, but you couldn't see any of them. And the woman said to me, like, kind of as, like, a conspiratorial thing, she was like, I'm so glad you you aren't covered in tattoos like she is. And then I said, yeah, none that you can see. (laughs) And just sort of walked away. And she was like, oh. (laughs) It's like, who gives a fuck? Like, even if I do regret some of my tattoos right now, there's no way you could have, like, talked me out of it into getting them. Right. And the further we get into the future, the more advanced tattoo removal is going to be. Yeah, I've already had one covered up. Yeah. Well, covering up and removing it all together. But that's like, that's my mistake to make, you know, but there's also a lot of my tattoos aren't mistakes. Totally. Um, And it's really interesting to see within the family when they're telling scary stories around 
the campfire what everyone's version of a scary story is. Yeah. Jake's scary story is about his uh, dad. Yeah, negligent father. Helen tells a scary story. It's like more of like an erotic vampire story. <laughs> she is freaky. <laughs> Helen, a freak. And Quinn's story is about like Cinderella looking in a mirror that makes her look bloated. And then Daria actually tells a super explicit, grotesque story about Hansel and Gretel. Right. Like, actually describing them getting chopped up and shit. Uh, One aspect of this episode that I really liked was exploring the sibling relationships a little more. There was two matching shots of Daria and Quinn being in the pitch black tent and just seeing their eyes. And then in the same regard, Trent and Jane are doing the same. And there's a part where Quinn is like, it's fun to reminisce, isn't it? And Daria's like, you bet. I also really like the part with the old man coming up to Trent. He's some, like, third uncle or something and being like, I like you. And Trent's like, oh, yeah. Wait, you do your Trent? Oh, yeah. And then he, the reason he gives for liking Trent is he's like, you're a rotten bum. You're nothing but a lazy bum. Just like me. You remind me of yourself, you stinking bum. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jane's grandma expresses disappointment with her by saying, come closer, come closer. And then right when Jane's right against her. her Jane's What's wrong with you? What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. You could tell it was the same voice actor that does Miss Barch. Mm-hmm. So as we continue on this camping adventure, Jake and Daria go off in one direction. Helen and Quinn go off, which is kind of it, it definitely shows that I think Daria and Jake connect possibly a little more, though, though they seem to relate to different things. It seems like they spend more time together than Daria spends with her mom and Jake is kind of showing his discontent with the path that he took, which was an office job, the suburbs, how, like, safe the suburbs are, and showing Daria that there's two paths you can take in life. You can either take the more, like, washed-out, dangerous path where, you know, you may not have a lot of money, it's probably, like, a liberal arts job, or you can take the other route, which is the safer route, where you know exactly where it's going to go, and there's not going to be many you know, obstacles. And you can tell that he took the more safe route, which was getting an office job and moving to the suburbs and having kids, getting married. And he feels a discontent with that choice that he made. And then simultaneously, we see Quinn and Helen having a conversation that sort of starts becoming similar, where Helen is emphasizing how young Quinn is, how she only has open doors in front of her, how she has all this possibility. And then it turns into Helen kind of it becomes sort of like a go on without me type speech Mm -hmm. of Helen feeling like used up or that she's wasted her time of opportunity and she sits down at a tree and passes out. And then her eyes get all big, like in season two of True Blood. Remember that? Totally. You know what I'm talking about? Where they get like the eyes just are all pupil. Right. You can't see any whites of the eyes. Simultaneously, Jake... Gets that as well. And then it ba- basically in the scene, Helen, Jake, and Quinn all ate these berries that are seemingly drugged. Yeah, they're, they're wild berries that someone had the wrong guidebook about. Right. And they, they're psychedelic. They, yeah, they start to talk like someone who works at the House of Intuition, basically. 
Right. They're rubbing dirt on their faces and in their hair and looking for their spirit animals. Right. And so Indaria is the only one that this didn't happen to because she didn't need the berries. Which is disappointing because of all four of them, she's the one I would most like to watch under the influence of psychedelics. Yeah. That would be great. I would love to do acid with Daria. Totally. And Jane. Oh, jeez. Goals. (laughs) Um, But then they end up being so tripped out that they have to be airlifted from the forest by a helicopter. Looping back to the beginning, Jake is sitting down, seemingly more relaxed, and he gets a bill for a $15,000 helicopter ride, and then he ends up popping blood vessels in both of his eyes. Sure does. Money. Adulthood. What an adventure. Indeed. I do find camping relaxing, though. I was disappointed in Daria that she wasn't into it. I, I've i enjoyed camping, for sure. You know, getting away from technology. But? I, but it is stressful. Camping is stressful. Maybe you haven't done it right. Maybe. But thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about us, go to sickersatterworld.com. Follow us on Twitter at Sickersatter. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash sickersatterworld. Thank you to Bumpers for creating this great platform to easily edit. Thank you. And thank you, our beautiful listeners. Beautiful listeners. We got a few new patrons over the last week, and we're very excited to send you some fun stickers and a handwritten note. And for anyone who... uh, Wants to know what's going on over in Patreon. We're going to put up some cool stuff. I brought a book back of all the songs that I wrote in middle school. So stick around for those. Thank you guys. Bye.